If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Would you give the band a big God bless you? Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Jazz. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to, while you're clapping, can we clap for all the camera guys? All the media guys are be, beyond the veil. They're in the Holy of Holies. There's an office behind here, and all the media guys are there. Guys, let's just show them our appreciation this morning. All the volunteers, all the cameramen, the sound guys, everybody that just plays a vital role into making our Sundays epic. Amen and for ensuring that we encounter the presence of God. But Luke chapter 4, verse 3, it says there, And the devil said to him, Jesus, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written. Look at your neighbor and tell them, It is written. Come on, say it like you have a bit of faith. It is written. I told you it's written. Tell the bank manager, It's written. Tell the doctor, It's written. Look at somebody and tell them it's written. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And then the devil taking him up on a high mountain. What kind of a mountain? A high mountain. Showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority, I will give you and their glory. I want you to underline those three words, and their glory. Because with authority comes glory as well. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. But Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. For it is written, bump your neighbor and tell them, It is written. Look at somebody else and say to them, I told you, it is written. They're with you at home. Those of you at home, say, it is written. It is written. You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only you shall serve. And then He brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said. In other words, it is written. I told you it is written. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And then verse 13 says, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. And once again, I declare that you and your word are one. That you said heaven and earth would pass away, but your word, it is written. Your word, it is written, shall never, ever, ever, ever pass away. I want to thank you that you and your word are eternal and that we can build our lives upon it is written. We can build our marriages our businesses, everything upon your word. And I thank you that today as your word comes to us through social media, through here right now, physically through the speakers, that I thank you that your word can locate us 
and find us where we're at. And, and whatever the need is, the greatest need, I thank you that your word, it is written, has the power to deliver. It has the power to meet that need. It has the power to heal. It has the power to save. It has the power to transform your word. It is written today. We thank you for the power of it is written. And we pray today that it is written shall have its run in our lives, shall have its sway in our lives today. And as always, we vow to give you all of the praise and the glory. And everybody said amen and amen. Praise the Lord. We're continuing with our theme for this month, What's Your Sound? And I don't know, before in the pre-service, we got everybody to hashtag, take a selfie. You can do that now if you want. Take a selfie and put a hashtag, post it on Facebook and hashtag there, what's your sound? Amen? Because that's what we're continuing. Last week, I think you saw the importance of sound. And it's amazing when you think about the 120 who were in the upper room and then the Holy Ghost came upon them. And the Bible says in verse 6, of Acts 4, that there, uh, when that sound occurred, there was a sound, a God sound came upon them. And I, I don't know about you, but sooner or later, you have to realize that there is a sound, that there is a fight to your sound. In other words, the enemy wants to replace God's sound with his sound in your life. Here in Luke 4, it's quite interesting because Jesus is in the wilderness. Where is he? In the wilderness. Now, I want you to get a picture of the wilderness, all right? There isn't like lots of water, beautiful mowed grass, beautiful, you know, uh, uh, fruits there. Can anybody see any fruit in that? I can't see any fruit in that wilderness. In fact, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a place that you want to be. There are, the wilderness is a place of many things. For example, it's a terrible, terrible place. When you look at that wilderness there. It's a terrible place. The wilderness was a dangerous place. There was wild animals there. Thieves and robbers hung around in the wilderness. When you look at that picture, you see it's a dry and barren place. There's no food. There's no water. It's a hard place. I wouldn't like to lie on those rocks and have to try and comfort my soul and find a place to rest in that hard place. But the wilderness is also a lonely place. I think about Elijah when he challenged the 450 prophets of Baal. And then, of course, Jezebel came with a word and he flew. He took off and he found himself in the wilderness all by himself. But the wilderness is also a testing place because we know that for 40 years, the Israelites were tested as they wandered around and around and around and around in that wilderness, all right? But as terrible as the wilderness is, I want you to know this morning that the wilderness is also a place where God encountered his people. Can you say amen? In fact, it was in the wilderness on the backside of the desert, which is the wilderness where Moses had that burning bush experience. Hallelujah. It was in the wilderness. Remember when Hagar and Ishmael were booted out by Sarah and by Abraham, but in the wilderness, God came to rescue them and gave them sufficient water and supply. And I want you to see today that this wilderness probably is like Jesus' COVID-19 pandemic place. 
trying to just bring it to where we are today. Because you think wilderness, I've never been in the wilderness, but maybe COVID-19 was a wilderness place for you. In other words, what I'm saying to you is that it's no different to your and my predicament. But I want you to understand when you look at the wilderness, it's not a pretty place. It's not the best of environments. And yet Jesus is in this terrible place. And in that place, I want you to look at his response. Sometimes, you know, we're waiting for the right conditions in the right place to say the right things. But oftentimes, God will use the very circumstances that you and I find ourselves in in order to see if you are able to work your faith and release his sound in those very places. Can I get an amen? When you look in Genesis in the Garden of Eden, I mean, that's like talking cheese. I mean, this is a beautiful garden we're talking about when God created Adam and put him in that garden. I don't know, maybe that's a kind of picture that I envisage the Garden of Eden to be like. Beautiful, a phenomenal garden. All the right conditions, the butterflies and the birds are chirping and go to the cherry tree and pick cherries and peaches and apples and bananas and all of that beautiful waterfall, you know, lots of water flowing around. And it's amazing that in this beautiful garden, as phenomenal as it was, with all the right conditions, what happened? The first Adam in that very beautiful garden was tested, and what happened? He failed. I mean, you had all the right conditions, right? Anybody get a witness to that? And when we look at Jesus, who's the last Adam, where was he? In the wilderness, all right? In the wilderness, Jesus in that terrible place called the wilderness, what happened? He was also tested, but he conquered and he was victorious. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? And in the story in Luke chapter 4, three times we see that the devil challenges Jesus. And each time Jesus comes back with the words, it is written. It is written. Notice he didn't say it was written or it shall be written one day. No, he said it is written, present tense. In other words, what does that mean? The Bible is not some ancient book that was written for some ancient time way back then. Neither is it some futuristic book that is only going to happen in 2035 or 2037 or 2040. No, the Bible is written for now, for you and I today. And that's because the Bible is alive. It's a book that is alive. It's living and breathing. Hallelujah. Look at the words of Jesus in John 6, 63. He said, but it, but it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. And then in Hebrews 4 and 12, it says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the very thoughts and intents of the heart. Hallelujah. You know, when you look at uh, all of these three challenges, all of these three temptations, it was really to try and entice and persuade Jesus 
to follow his own will. In other words, to do his own thing rather than to do the will of the Father. And I want to tell you today that Jesus' human will, his human side, his human will was for him to seize the crown and gain the victory without the cross. But the will of the Father for Jesus was for him to gain the crown and the ultimate victory through the cross. Can I get an amen this morning? Hallelujah. So the challenges and temptations that came before Jesus were designed to attract the three appetites of the human nature. And the three human appetites, the three, the three appetites of the human nature are this. Number one, the lust of the eyes, all right? Number two, the lust, I mean the lust of the flesh, sorry. Number two, the lust of the eyes. And number three, the pride of life. And this is what 1 John 2, 16 says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. It's the same thing that Satan appealed to Eve when she fell way back in the garden. So nothing has changed. Those are the three appetites of the human nature. And every time the enemy comes to us, he comes through those three avenues. But the first challenge that comes to Jesus was really against the word becoming revelation. Revelation. Remember in the one time he said, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, what is under attack here? Not the identity of Jesus, but the ability for Jesus to trust the word that God had spoken to him. What was the last word that God had spoken to Jesus? It was while he was in the river Jordan getting baptized and the Holy Ghost came upon him in the form of a dove. And then what happened? In Luke 3 and 22, there was a voice that came out and it said, you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased. In other words, the father had spoken a word to his son. And I can just imagine Jesus thinking, looking at Satan and saying, look, Satan, uh, I'm not going to turn these stones into bread because right now I don't need bread as much as I need the Word of God. Don't get me wrong, devil. I'm a little bit hungry. I've been fasting for 40 days. I could do with a good briani. I could do with some good langoustines. I could do with a good filet mignon, right? Is that, did I say it right? I think I said it right, all right? Filet mignon, okay, otherwise... I could do with all of that, but right now, what I, read, what I need right now is something that will sustain my spirit. I'm going through a couple of things right now, and uh, langoustines won't do it for me. Briani, as nice as it is, won't cut it for me. I need something that will feed my spirit. And you know, family, it's the same for you and me. We live by the Word of God. We trust the Word of God. We believe by the Word. We build by the Word. Your marriage is not built because two people came together. It's built on the Word. Your business is built through the Word. You work your faith. I work my faith because of the Word. We pray for the sick because of the Word. We are generous and liberal in our giving because of the Word. We are worshipers because of the Word. Hallelujah. 
And I can imagine Jesus saying, devil, I may be hungry right now, but you know what? I'm in a lonely, miserable, terrible place, this wilderness, but my father has given me a word, and it's just a word. He told me I'm his son and that he's well pleased with me, and I'm going to stand on that word. I'm going to stake my life on what God has said. I'm going to hold on and trust with all my heart, come what may, that he shall surely, that word shall surely come to pass. Hallelujah. I'm going to stand by that word. Why does the enemy challenge the word? You know why? Because of what the word is able to produce on the inside of you. You say, what is that? Faith. Faith comes from the word. We know Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. By what? By the word of God. Faith comes from the word. Look at Hebrews 4 and 2. It says, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, talking about the Israelites. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So just getting the word is not enough. The word has to begin to manufacture and produce faith on the inside of you. If it's not producing faith on the inside of you, that word will not profit you. Look at somebody and tell them, if the word, if the word is not producing faith, it will not profit you. The word is designed to produce faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. You might have to hear the word once. You might have to hear the word three times, four times, ten times, a hundred times. Doesn't matter. You keep hearing the word until it produces faith. Hallelujah. Back there at home, it's the same thing for you. You keep on hearing the word until faith is produced on the inside of you. Otherwise, it profits you nothing. And the great thing is as soon as the word produces faith, you know what comes out of faith? Revelation. Revelation comes from faith. Revelation comes from faith. Look at somebody and tell them faith comes from the word but revelation comes from faith. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 34. This is Mary. The angel comes to her and says, you're going to be with child. And Mary says, how can this be since I do not know a man? I'm, I'm trying to put reason to this. I'm trying to put an equation to this. You're telling me something that makes no biological sense. How can this be? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you that's when you have the Word and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Something happens on the inside of you. The Word, the Logos that you have read now becomes rhema. It produces faith, and out of that faith, a revelation comes. That your PhD didn't get it for you. That your, all that you have acquired in this world didn't get it for you. All the reason that you have, all the mathematical computations that you have put together won't get it for you. It came to you by the Holy Ghost. The Word produces faith on the inside of you, but revelation comes from faith. Hallelujah! The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative. And then it says there, verse 37, for with God nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, behold, 
the maidservant of the Lord. I don't understand it. I can't quite picture it. I don't know how this thing is going to be, but let it be to me according to your word. You gave me a word, and that's all I'm holding on to, and I'm going to rehearse that word. I'm going to speak that word. That is, that is my, it is written, and I'm going to stand and stake my life on it is written. Can you say praise the Lord? You see, faith comes from the word, and revelation comes from faith, but meditation actually produces the revelation. I'm not talking about crossing your legs and humming something. I'm talking about just getting a scripture and swirling that scripture on the inside of your spirit, man. That's, that's meditation. That's biblical meditation. When you take a word, you take a, it is written part of the scriptures that God has quickened to you and you swirl it in your heart as you're going about your day, you're driving, you're going to work, you're standing in the queue for whatever and you're just thinking about that scripture, and you, it's swirling in your heart, and you're using your emotions and every part of you, the spontaneity, the spontaneous part of you, the creative part of you. In the, in the old Hebrew, that's what they did. They, they didn't just use left brain or right brain. They used all brains. Some of us are go, I know we got no brain, but they used all the brain. Whatever brain you got, Middle, left, right, far back, far, whatever, frontal, lobal, whatever. All the brain, all, every part of you. Hallelujah. Because that's what God made you. He didn't make you just left brain or right brain. He didn't just put a spirit inside of you and the soul has nothing to do with God and the body has nothing. Every part of you has to do with God. Look at somebody and tell them, every part of me was made by God for God. Say it like you have a bit of faith today. Every part of me was made by God for God. Hallelujah. So meditation produces revelation. That's what Joshua got when he, he said that, or the Lord said to him in Joshua chapter one. And let's look at verse eight, verse eight. This book of the law, which book? This book. Shall not, what? Depart from your mouth, but you shall what? You shall what? Meditate in it. Uh, once every three months, every trimester. Once in a blue moon, when you're feeling a little bit tight, comes to the end of the month and you've got no more spaghetti. You know, no. You shall meditate in it, Wait, what? Day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day, that you may observe to do according to all that is written, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So number one, the first challenge was to challenge the word that produces faith. The second challenge was against power and authority. He said in verse six, all this authority I will give you and their glory for, because it's been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. You see, the word becoming flesh in you will produce the power of God and the authority of God in your life. They, I mean, you can't not speak the word and say it is written and stand on the word, and the word become faith on the inside of you, and that faith produce a revelation that you know, that you know, that you know. You've been meditating on that word. It's impossible for that word not to produce. The word is designed to produce. If you have your Bibles, lift your Bibles there at home and say God's word has the power to produce. This is not a history book that we read. When I read this book, I'm not looking for historical facts. There are historical facts in here. 
When I read this book, I'm not looking for archaeological facts. There are archaeological facts in here. When I read this book, I'm not looking for scientific facts. There are, there's science in here as well. There's even maths in here as well. But I read it so that I can get a revelation, a revelation for where I am right now, that I need a word right now, not for way back then. Can I get an amen? So the word is, is, uh, has the power to produce. The word becoming flesh and blood on the inside of you will produce the power of God, the authority of God. You can't say what God says and not experience his supernatural power and authority and influence. It is written will soon or later take shape and size and form and become a reality in your life. And when you see that reality in your life, the problem is that the temptation comes for us to desire more and more. And if we don't keep our flesh in check and the human appetites that we spoke about, then what happens is the flesh kicks in and the lust of the eyes becomes a problem and the lust of the flesh becomes a problem and the pride of life becomes a problem. And then the problem is that now you're more consumed and obsessed with the provision instead of the provider. You become more obsessed with the blessing instead of the blessing. That's the, the blesser. That's the subtlety of the enemy. Gets you to believe that actually, you know what? Revival is happening because of you. What a great evangelist you are. Revival is happening because of you. People are getting saved, praise God, because of me. People are getting healed. It's not because of you. It's because of God on the inside of you. We're just privileged enough for God to want to use our vessels that are made of clay and mud and dirt. The treasure is not the vessel. It's what's in the vessel. Look at somebody and tell them the treasure is not the vessel. It's what's in the vessel. It's God in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen in this place? The third challenge was actually against humility. And when we speak about humility and meekness, we're not speaking about weakness and having no backbone. In Luke 4 and 9, it says he brought him to the to, to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here for it is written. Look at this devil. He's so subtle. He sees Jesus is using scripture and saying it is written. So he's a copycat. He's a counterfeit. He says, you know what? You know what, God? Anything you can do, I can do and I can do it better. So he begins to quote scripture in the hope of catching Jesus out. But how can you catch Jesus out when he is the word? He is the word that was made flesh. Jesus was the living, walking, talking, breathing word of God. Jesus was the visible manifestation of the Father on this earth. And he came to reveal the word of the Father to you and I. Hallelujah. See, when the word becomes faith and faith becomes revelation, you can have whatsoever you desire in accordance with the will of God. And yes, you will walk in the power and authority of God. And yes, you will walk in the blessings and favor of God. But can you still walk in humility? Can you still be so blessed that it overflows on every side and not let pride come near you? 
Can you still possess the favor and glory of God upon your life, taking you from one level to the next level and still be ready to serve people and to help people and to minister to people and to bless people? Can you still house the superabundance and goodness of God and not let it inflate your head? Come on, my question is, can you still be immersed in all of that God has for you and still just be, I'm just still an ordinary person, ordinary human being, that my feet stink just like your feet stink. I need to brush my mouth in the morning with toothpaste just like you need to brush your mouth and I don't have any airs and graces about. Come on, people of God, hallelujah. I'm saying this because I've seen so many people change the moment God showers them with blessings and then they've got no more time for God in his house. I've seen it over and over and over again. But I'm here to tell you, as long as the Logos is becoming rhema in you, you'll have faith. And this is a household of faith. Durban Christian Center is a household of faith. We were taught faith by our founders. And even today, our sister Nell, still at her age, is talking faith. Hallelujah. We're a household of faith. Lift your hands and say, I am a faith person that has a faith covenant with a faith God. And as long as you have faith and your faith is growing, means you'll have the revelation. And as long as the word is being opened up to you and your heart is being illuminated, you'll have the power of God upon your life. You will carry the anointing. You'll carry the influence. You'll possess the strategies of God necessary to make that business of yours cook necessary to take your finance from the millions to the billions. Yes, you heard me right. You'll be a history maker. You'll make a difference in this world. Your influence for people will win them to Christ. You will pray for the sick and see them recover. You'll be a light shining in a dark place. Hallelujah. And you'll have all of this and be all of that because why? The it is written in your life has become Rhema, it has become faith, and that faith has produced a revelation. Remember, family, his word is forever settled in heaven. God's word will never, ever, ever pass away. And still today, this book, the Bible, is still the world's bestseller. Kingdoms will come and go. Parliaments and governments will come and go. Presidents and rulers will come and go. People's opinions will come and go. Even our emotions will come and go. But not so with God's Word. Whatever your circumstances, you can stake your life on. It is written. Whatever your circumstances are, that's the sound. It is written. And when that sound came from the lips of Jesus, the devil just backed off. It didn't say that he backed off never to come back ever again. No, he's always looking for an opportune time. That's why until two things happen, either we put you in a box and bury you six feet in the ground, or Jesus comes back and mortality puts on immortality. Other than those two instances, every day, you got to get the word on the inside of you. You got to speak the word. You've got to allow the Word to produce faith on the inside of you. If it's not producing faith on the inside of you, it's not going to profit you. You can know the Hebrew and Greek and quote until you blew in the face. 
But until that word becomes a revelation to your spirit as a result of faith, as a result of faith, as a result of faith, you can look at that storm and say, Storm, I know, I know your intentions. I know, and I know I've been through some difficult times. Many of you have been through some difficult times. Many of us have lost loved ones during this time. And I'm not for one moment belittling that. But what are you going to do? You're going to sit back. You're going to quit. You're going to give up. You've come too far to give up. And those of us that have lost loved ones, we know where they are. If they had the choice to come back, you think they'd come back, they'd say, no, I'm here. I'm waiting for you to come and join me. I know the loss is real. Don't get me wrong. I know there's that chair that that guy used to sit in. There's the bed he used to sleep in. There's the cupboard with all the clothes. Hey, that's difficult. You know, the difficult, the most difficult thing for me, I think in one week I did three funerals. You say, Pastor, what was the most difficult thing for you was to look at people in the eyes. I don't know what to tell them. I'm sorry. I can pray for them. What do you tell those people? And you see the pain and the sorrow. Man, man, was very difficult. Was very difficult. I had to just dig deeper in and get into the Word and remind myself that, you know, I might be in this world, but I'm not of this world. It was a reminder, a reminder that essentially we're spirit beings. We're just passing through. And we enjoy all that's in this world. And when somebody leaves us, man, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. It's not easy. Look at somebody in the eye and you want to you hug them. You can't hug them. You want to take them by the hand? You're not allowed to do that. It was very difficult. With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Father, I want to thank you for your word that's come to us today. It is written. Oh, I pray today that the faith of God arise in the hearts of men and women. I pray today, God. We're not here for the opinions of mankind, what the economists have to say, what the doctors have to say what the WHO has to say, whoever has to say, whatever has to say, we are here for what you have to say and we can stake our lives on it is written. It is written. Thank you for the certainty of your word. Thank you today that Lord people's perspectives have, have aligned themselves with your word and the purpose that you have for their lives. And we know that the, talk, the clock is ticking and we don't have much time. But what time we do have, I pray, I pray today that we would lay a hold of it is written. Every one of us has an it is written for our lives. And that's the sound, God. That's the sound that we emanate. That's the sound that we purpose for all of our enemies to hear. Let poverty hear it is written. Let sickness hear, it is written. Let the spirit of depression hear, it is written. In the name of Jesus, with every head bowed, every eye closed today, Jesus was the Word that was wrapped up in flesh. It's impossible to know the Word without knowing Jesus, and it's impossible to know Jesus without the Word. And I don't know where you are, those of you at home watching, maybe you're in a different country, I don't know. But I know one thing, that you're away from God and you have no hope and you have no peace with God today. 
for whatever reason. And we're not here to inspect you and to examine you and to judge you. No, the judgment was placed on Jesus 2,000 years ago, all the judgment. So we're not here to judge you. We're just telling you today that if you're away from God and you have no peace with God, you can come back to Him. If you never, ever knew Him, then you can come to Him today as you are. You say, I don't feel good enough. Well, you never will. Well, I, 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 I don't have enough theology. Well, God doesn't really bother with that. Well, I just don't feel holy enough. Well, you, you never will feel holy enough. That's why we come based on the finished work of the cross. But pastor, should I not maybe have a bath or should I not maybe change my clothing? Maybe some of you watching me, maybe you still smell of alcohol. Or maybe there is that addiction that's still lingering in your body. You know, just as you are, you can come today. You can come. You can come. And he'll receive you with his open arms. I want you right now in this place, at home, at your business, wherever you are today, would you say these words, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. Just as I am. With all of my faults, all of my failures, and all of my sin, and I ask you for forgiveness. Right now, I repent. I give you my heart, my life. As I am, I come to you. And I thank you that you will cleanse me. Right now, I thank you for your amazing love. You never ever gave up on me. And today I come to you. With my heart I believe. And with my mouth I confess that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins. And I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Those of you that pray that prayer right now, if you're at home, can you just let us know in the comment section? Just let us know if you prayed that prayer. we got pastors right now that are available to pray for you. There's a, a prayer line. The number is coming on the screen. You can see that on the screen. And we have people that are just eager, eager to just envelop you in the love of God, to take care of you, to pastor you, to shepherd you, to counsel you. We're here to do all of that. We're here just to love on you. Can I ask you, would you allow us to love on you a little bit? So if you prayed that prayer, let us know. Phone the pastors. Phone somebody right now and say, hey, I prayed that prayer, you know, and I'm coming back to God and I'm giving my heart back to God. Wonderful. And we want to rejoice with you. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. We're going to stand up a little bit. Those of you at home right now, we're going to just worship a little bit. For you, for you are glorious. Can we do that song? I feel it. Okay. For you are glorious.